1975, the agency named its main auditorium after William Friedman at its headquarters in Fort Meade, Maryland, and a bronze bust of William's head still stands guard there, above a plaque that reads, Cryptologic Pioneer and Inventor, Founder of the Science of Modern American Cryptology. Today, Elizabeth isn't nearly as famous, despite her talent and contributions. Early on, she worked side-by-side with William and collaborated on several of their groundbreaking scientific papers. She was considered by some of their friends to be the more brilliant of the pair. She ultimately carved out a spectacular career of her own, and by 1945, the government considered both freedmen's to be pioneers of their field. A then-secret document said of Elizabeth, she and her husband are among the founders of American military cryptanalysis. Cryptanalysis is another word for code-breaking. And a federal prosecutor told the FBI that Mrs. Friedman and her husband are recognized as the leading authorities in the country. Yet in the canonical books about 20th century code-breaking, Elizabeth is treated as the dutiful, slightly colorful wife of a great man, a digression from the main narrative, if not a footnote. Her victories are all but forgotten. I started reading about the Freedmans in 2014 after Edward Snowden shocked the world by revealing that the NSA was gathering the phone records of millions of ordinary Americans. Curious to know more about Elizabeth, I found a brief bio on the website of a Virginia library along with a set of pictures. There she was, a petite woman in a white dress, standing on a patch of grass almost 100 years ago, skin porcelain head cocked at the photographer, smiling and squinting slightly in what must have been a blinding sun. The library held the Freedman's personal papers. One morning, I drove down to Virginia and asked the chief archivist to show me what Elizabeth had left. In the back of an office, he unlocked a solid gray metal door and an inner door of silver metal bars, led me into a darkened, humidity-controlled vault, and pointed to multiple shelves of gray archival boxes, 22 boxes in all. We try to tell people that Elizabeth's stuff is amazing, the archivist said, but usually researchers want to see William's papers. You get these moments sometimes as a journalist, if you're lucky. You hear a voice that bursts from a body or a page with beauty or urgency or insight. Elizabeth's boxes contained hundreds of her letters. Love letters, letters to her kids, written in code, handwritten diaries, a partial unpublished autobiography. I'm not a mathematician, and I'll never be an expert on codes and ciphers. But Elizabeth's descriptions of her work gave me a sense of what it must have felt like to be her. The excitement of solving the kind of puzzle that could save a life or nudge a war. She liked to say that codes are all around us in children's report cards, in slang, in headlines and movies and songs. Code-breaking is about noticing and manipulating patterns. Humans do this without thinking. We're wired to see patterns. Code-breakers train themselves to see more deeply. As rich as Elizabeth's papers were, they struck me as incomplete. The records trailed off around 1940. What was she doing in the Second World War? No one seemed to know. It took me almost two years to find the answer. She spent the war catching Nazi spies.
among other little-known feats. Working with an elite code-breaking unit that she founded in 1931 and collaborating closely with both British and U.S. intelligence, Elizabeth became a secret detective, a Sherlock Holmes on the trail of fascist agents infiltrating the Western Hemisphere. She tracked and exposed them, smashing the spy rings, ruining Nazi dreams. In a broader sense, she filled gaps in agencies that weren't prepared for the battle of wits that now faced them, a pattern that repeated throughout her entire career. The FBI, the CIA, the NSA. To different degrees, Elizabeth pressed her thumb into the clay of all these agencies when the clay was still wet. She helped to shape them, and she battled them too, a woman hammering herself into the history of what we now call the intelligence community. But when powerful men started telling the story, they left her out of it.